This is a medicinal mass network production. Enjoy. Good evening. Before we begin this week's rousing episode of the FBI Basement, I should note that due to technical difficulties regarding Miss Marissa Leterio's recording session, her audio is unavailable for your consumption at this time. However, to be sure that new episodes continue uninterrupted, Marissa's part in this episode of the FBI Basement will be played by the Symphony of Animals. Thank you and enjoy. Truth Seekers, and welcome back yes, back to the FBI Basement, the podcast where we watch, review every last episode of the hit 90s television sci-fi series, The X-Files. Wait, no. Every episode? Every episode. Including the one about the uh, witchcraft? Uh, Wasn't that in the game? Or was there... Well, there's one where uh, plastic surgery, witchcraft. Okay, I'll I'll buy it. Can't be worse than the guy uh, than the liver guy. Oh, oh, we're gonna get back to him. Oh, fun, sweet. <laughs> soon, boys and girls, soon. Glory hole. I am Todd on fire. I'm, I am joined as always by my wife and partner in crime, Shannon. Uh, and joining us to discuss today's episode is our usual cast of crazies. We have from New York State, Marissa Leterio. <laughs> It. And from up in Minnesota, where it's no doubt cold as hell up there right now. Not today. Not today? Huh. No, it's about 50-some. Well, uh, somewhat uh, well, somewhat mild, uh, Val and Vanya. hey How's it going? <laughs> uh, today on the program, uh, an old vendetta comes after Mulder with that freaky hand that your uncle Willard has that you're not supposed to look at and talk about, but God damn it. He just reached right into the basket of rolls in the middle of Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner with that hand and touched the food and the chips. Like, uh. really? <laughs> <laughs> it's the strong hand. <laughs> That's literally why none of you were invited back to Thanksgiving. We are uh, going to get to that episode very quickly. It's called Young at Heart. <laughs> was originally aired on February 11th, 1994. Uh, was written by Chris Carter and Scott Kofer. <laughs> and directed by Michael Lang. This is episode 16 of the first season. And uh, we are plowing our way through this, aren't we? Yes. Um, like, like Mulder on a good day. Oh. Oh. <laughs> All of you. She's every very last one of you. <laughs> Each she's, and every one of you. She's very disappointed, but it's like I feel like the the, the myth arc is probably going to ramp up in the next couple episodes, don't you think? Uh the next episode. Right on. Literally just that's it. And then shit gets dumb again. I'm sorry. Uh didn't you have something to add uh, add dear? That this episode is actually we have a sponsor for from the Fraternal Order of Mad Science. The Fraternal Order of Mad Scientists. Which, I mean, we asked them for a thing and all they, a word and all they said was fools and I, I don't 
I don't know what the rest of this is. I really, I desperately want to to write a letter to some to to a group and start it with fools, <laughs> which is how they started this letter, yeah. and then the you rest have... of it is incoherent babbling. Let's uh, just go right on into the recap here. Way back in 1989, an inmate of a federal penitentiary in Pennsylvania or a state pen in Penn State was. Wah, wah was heard screaming from the infirmary. <laughs> a man in a wheelchair comes to investigate, and he discovers the prison's doctor, Joe Ridley, amputating the hand of John Barnett. Ridley tells Crandall that Barnett is dead, despite the fact that he had just heard those screams. So, somehow I feel like this guy is, like, is used to like bullying cripples. Uh, he actually holds a scalpel to his neck and, threaten, and threatens him to leave. Like, he got, like, high school bullyish right there. Yeah, it gets weird. Uh, As Crandall leaves the room, he sees Barnett blinking at him with weird-ass milky eyes. Like, some really bad cataracts there. Those are some terrible contacts, yes. I also remember this. Opening theme song. You know what? You criticized us in the last episode. You can sing it. Yes. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Scold you, monkeys. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> like you did the lounge version too. Like that. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you like need to snap your fingers with that. And <laughs> yeah, we're like gonna that's... take it back. We're gonna take it. We'll be here all week at the Oak Room in the Las Vegas Hilton. <laughs> yeah, now I'm mad at that. I'm I'm mad at you. Uh, four years later, uh, we come to Agent Fox Mulder. We keep coming back to this guy. It's almost as if he's the main character. He's notified by his former FBI supervisor, Reggie Perdue, about a note from a jewelry store robbery <laughs> mocking Mulder. So it's like, once again, we're dealing with another one of Mulder's ex-loves who is leaving him uh, death threats. Get used to this, because it's going to happen <laughs> a Mulder, lot. Mulder... Apparently, just put a lot of dudes in prison before he started chasing UFOs. Yeah, he he made sure to tell him, uh, I pay attention to when he died in prison. Like He made sure to pay attention. Do you think he's like keeping track on all those guys? Probably. Uh, Mulder recognizes the message as, as being from Barnett, a sociopathic multiple murderer whom he helped capture on, on his first case with the Bureau. <laughs> Even though Barnett, as we as was claimed in the uh, pre-credits uh, uh, teaser, apparently died on that operating table. Barnett supposedly died in prison. The note has his handwriting, which, as you said last episode, we'd soon get into the delicate art of handwriting identification. <sighs> yes. Wait, that's not a thing? It is a thing. It is. It totally is, but it's... I'd like to see a handwriting specialist try to identify my shit. It's like, uh, clearly, if I look at this, it was written by, you know, a uh, spastic retarded weasel. <laughs> With a pen yeah. in his mouth. That's what his. That's what the signature looks like. I don't understand. Is the killer paraplegic? Is he writing with his teeth? Yeah, that's that's his handwriting. I'm pretty sure it doesn't get worse than Val's. Like we should do a comparison. <laughs> We're gonna have to do our own uh, handwriting uh, analysis comparison. <laughs> Whew, for real. Uh, Purdue is one is another one of the agents in the FBI that actually really likes Mulder and. Uh, is generally um, uh, respectful of him and his uh, FBI kung fu. Is wacky. 
thoughts. Yeah. This one is particularly personal for Mulder as seen in a video shown to Dana Scully of the capture, which shows Mulder did not fire on Barnett due to him having a hostage per FBI regulations, though Mulder had a very clean shot at him. Yeah, he's not Scully. Uh, Mulder's hesitancy (laughs) allowed Barnett to kill both the hostage and a fellow agent. And the guilt has been killing Mulder ever since. He's kind of like Scully, I guess. And we will never hear of it again. These formative things that just come up once and and are so deeply And then we never talk about it again. Yeah. It's not like Scully's daddy issues. You know what? We're going to get into Mulder's daddy issues in a little bit. It'll be great. I promise. No. No, it will be terrible. But... Scully takes a look into Barnett's cause of death and discovers, despite it being listed as a heart attack, he had no history of any kind of heart problems when he, he had been sent to the infirmary for problems with his hand. Oh. The strong hand. The Meanwhile, Barnett leaves Mulder another note in his car, along with the photos of him and Scully. That they posed for! That they went on a fucking photo shoot for! It almost looks like, you know, like, if, that, if the FBI had, like, a summer catalog... FBI things. Fashions, 1995, spring. And this is, of course, while Mulder is watching the football practice of the child of the dead agent. Where are those child's parents? Where are they? <laughs> this is where he gets, uh, he gets all dramatic. He gets dramatic and sad and shit while watching Pee Wee football. He gets really emo. He gets really emo there. And then when he finds the note, he is like yelling and shaking his fist at an uncaring sky. (laughs) I'll get you, you son of a bitch. Mom, who's that? Oh, it's the guy that got your father killed at the FBI. Just keep playing. Do you want your orange slices now? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I think? Didn't I stare into you? It's like, you know what's going on in the next yard over because people are okay with this? Is Bill Peterson as Will Graham screaming at the sky about Dollarhide watching as they slept, you bastard? You watched them, you bastard! That's what's going on. Then the other house opened, like, a, a Italian guy in a tank top is leaning out the window, like, Shut up in your face! <laughs> <laughs> Marissa, as the most Italian person on this podcast, are you offended by that joke? <laughs> okay, good. Oh, wait, do we care? No. No, if she's offended, then it's a good joke. <laughs> Shut up in your face. <laughs> Apna, there are people yelling at the windows, yelling at each other. Like, geez, well, it's like, you know, those very public outbursts in residential areas, apparently. Yeah, why is he not in jail for that? Uh, how is Mulder still allowed to have a gun? I was waiting for the for the <laughs> soccer ball or whatever it was to go bouncing by in that scene and like a little kid running by. Hey, Mr. Mulder. Oh, hey, Mr. Mulder. It's nice to see you again. Except I don't think that they weren't playing soccer. They were playing youth league football. Yeah. And his son is like all state first string. I'm confused. <laughs> okay, I guess I didn't get the sports ball right. I guess in America you guys call it football, but whatever. Hand egg. <laughs> Hand egg, yes. Yeah, I, I'm sure he interrupted that. And it's like the sucker mom who brought the orange slices and Gatorade was just like, oh, Fox is back. Who wants their orange slices now? Later on, uh, Mulder and Scully visit the prison uh, and meet. Crandall, whom I had been referring to as Ironsides. Wheelchair man! Woo! Wait, can we also talk about the flashback to the uh, testimony that Mulder gives? Oh god, his hair was so bad. It was like one of the worst haircuts I ever saw. And it's like, I I said... In 1989, Mulder had the worst haircut in the world. I was hoping for, like, a mullet, but... (laughs) 
Oh, well. <laughs> uh, no, it was also me sitting there taking notes, and then I immediately passed them to my husband as if I were the um. uh, defense counsel. I still don't understand how that guy went to jail based on Mulder's testimony, because none of that would have been valid. Like, that's... <laughs> I can't stop picturing Fox with a mullet now. <laughs> Oh, I got a bad like, case. I think for I, I think for the rest of this episode, he's gonna have a mullet <laughs> in my head. <laughs> I think Mulder he could pull it off. Mulder with like a bad case of hockey hair, right? I'm envisioning him <laughs> with the mullet and in that outfit that you see of the Rock with like the fanny pack and the the thin gold chain and the acid turtleneck and jeans. the acid wash jeans. <laughs> 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 like that really weird version of Time of My Life from the Squid Billies is playing every time I'm envisioning Mulder now <laughs> this got weird with a mustache he's got to have a mustache <laughs> he has the porn stash okay oh marissa get on it <laughs> <laughs> because the flashback is just so super dramatic and ridiculous if you don't get on it i will <laughs> Mulder with hockey hair can you do it marissa i don't think she has to i think it might be in california <laughs> Yeah. Wheelchair prisoner uh, recounts his experiences with Barnett and Ridley. And Barnett makes a taunting phone call to Mulder and... With the heavy breathing and everything. (sighs) (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, Purdue comes home uh, confident in his ability to be black and live through this episode. Only to be very, very disappointed when (laughs) Barnett strangles him with his... Strong hand. He don't break his neck with the mutie hand. I was just trying to pet him. I was trying to pet him, George, and then he got mad and tried to make him quiet. Scully looks into Dr. Ridley's past and finds that his medical license was revoked in 1979 due to malpractice. What was the malpractice? Oh, my God. The uh, torturing of like children with what progeria he was uh he was he was gene splicing right uh he was i think i think they specifically said gene splicing which if you did that nowadays you'd be using crispr technology <laughs> which is a thing crispr but yes apparently he was performing genetic and medical tests on children with progeria which uh for those of you playing the home game is a disease that causes premature aging it's the reverse bu- benjamin button yes Enjoy that gif, everybody. It's appropriate. Yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, that should have been the flashback, Mulder. Oh. Yeah, right? I, oh, okay. I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, in case you were all interested, David Duchovny has an album called Hell or High Water. That is folk rock. I think I've heard that. I don't know where that gif comes from, but I, I found it on the Mary Sue. Probably. Anyway. Uh, While the uh, American Medical Association uh, clearly did not approve of uh, Ridley's methods, apparently they they were at some point successful because Mulder theorizes that he actually found a way to reverse the aging process. Because how? (laughs) Oh, the the creepy phone calls and the, the love letters. Scully calls Mulder over when Ridley appears in her apartment. He tells the agents 
that he success that he was he did in fact succeed in making Barnett age in reverse after replacing his hand using salamander cells. Uh, lizard man. Lizard man. Lizard man with the strong lizard hand. people. I don't know if I I don't know if they showed it or if I was just seeing this in my head, uh, but like a tiny little salamander arm sticking out of the the cut off nub of his arm. Yeah, I was actually thinking of that too. Yeah, I, like I had that picture in my head. I wasn't I think. thinking of just the hand. I was thinking of like just like this the hand arm. was weird. Yeah, like a like a little yeah, like a little arm, arm. sticking out of the yeah, like a little <laughs> salamander arm. Got like a little Groot arm. But it was just the hand. Yeah, you know? at the end of his nub. Yeah. Because they did show that at the end. Okay. Remember? And we laughed. However, Barnett also stole Ridley's government-sponsored research. And uh, this prompts a return from an old friend of ours that we haven't seen in a while. Deep Throat. Hooray! What? What? Deep Throat shows up to meet with Mulder and uh, confirms Ridley's story that the government was, in fact, backing his totally ethical research. Oh, right, because we're at a point where it's like I'm literally screaming in my notes, not how this works, never how this works. And somehow Ted Bundy is mentioned. And was actually negotiating with Barnett to, pur- to purchase the, wor- uh, the, the work. So the government knew about this all the time. Of course. I just, how did he get into Scully's apartment, I think, is the thing that bothers uh, well, me. Well, first like, he dialed into her answering machine. Oh, right. And uh, she spots Barnett's fingerprint on it. After Barnett calls again, Mulder decides to set up a sting operation at the cello recital for a friend of Scully's, which Barnett learned about from her answering machine. Between the uh, really, like, creepy phone calls from her mom, right? Hey, Dana, it's me. I'm lonely. Your dad's still Did you take the tree down yet? (laughs) Uh, Hey, Dana, I just meant to... I'm sorry, it's me again. I called again. Uh, I just wanted to make sure you took down the tree. You know, your dad would have been disappointed in that, as well as your career. I guess you can always take that down too. Anytime you like, you know. I just give mom a call. Look, Dana, really, just get a better job. I'm really worried about you. I'm going to have lunch with your brother, Bill Jr. on Sunday. We'd like you to come. Was Scully going to bail on this cello recital if it wasn't for the sting operation? I bet she was. Like, (laughs) oh, hey, Dana, I'm going to have this thing. Oh, your cello (laughs) recital. Yeah. I've got to go to the... I've got to go get my hair dyed a bit redder. And, and uh, is that the same friend who was also telling her that she needed to hook up with Mulder because her biological clock was ticking? <laughs> no, I'm really asking a, a legit question. I can't remember what any of her friends look like. <laughs> like, I, because they use the same background people over and over. I'm just wondering. <laughs> So the FBI agents wait at the concert hall for Barnett's arrival. Barnett goes completely unseen due to his youthful appearance. And, uh, and not his weird hand. <laughs> he shoots Scully in the, che- in, the, in the chest during the recital and then flees, taking the cellist hostage. The rest of the, the, rest of the orchestra see no problem with this. Oh, you're going to kill the cellist? All right, banging. Later. <laughs> <laughs> the violinists are fine, right? The violins are fine. Okay, okay that's cool. Could you also kill the second uh, chair flute player? Really? <laughs> That'll improve the sound incredibly. Yeah, that's great. We out. I also assume that uh, everyone in an orchestra talks like they are um, white people in a gangster film. Mulder gets a clean shot and this time does not hesitate and takes Barnett down. <laughs> Scully uh, survived the attack having worn a bulletproof vest. 
or as we call it, her bras. <laughs> Seriously, did you look at that thing? It's like, oh, so she's just wearing a whalebone bodice, which I think Scully wears all the time. This is just what she had to revert to to keep Mulder out. Mulder, please stop touching me. Please stop. Is that whalebone? Yes. Stop touching me. Despite the effects of doctors and a mysterious CIA agent. Fuck you. It's the CSM. He's smoking. (laughs) To resuscitate Barnett, uh, he dies. He's yelling in his face, not do not die. That's what's happening. (laughs) He's smoking and yelling in his face to not die. (laughs) And he takes the secrets of Ridley's research to the grave. (laughs) Except, you know, it's in some fucking thing in Union Station. Locker number 935 in Union Station is, in fact... Oh, it is Union Station. Station. And uh, implying the secrets of uh, Barnett's stuff is all in there. Next to the uh, locker that's keeping the universe in Men in Black 2, right? <laughs> uh, also, also, there's a bomb in that thing, too. Yeah. Most likely. Most likely. They're going to have to send a robot into that one. Is that also where they keep the MJ file later on? Maybe. Because that's that's going to be the most ridiculous thing that we're going to see the lone gunman do uh, in the first season. That wraps up this episode, uh, which to me was kind of a mess. Uh, yeah. I didn't like this one. Um I I think uh I don't I don't like that Ridley kind of gets weird. Like you have him at the beginning threatening uh a wheelchair bound prisoner, and then it's just like, oh lol, I'm sympathetic because I'm dying from my research. My progeria. My a- advanced progeria that just gives me dead eyes. It's like <laughs> I, I think I yelled at you three or four times in my Herbert West voice during this. For those of you who don't know, Herbert West Reanimator is an amazing, ridiculous movie with Jeffrey Combs. I think I did scream at you a couple of times in that voice. I say, I really miss, I, you need a motivated and, and truly whacked out mad scientist. And to, to, have him go, to have him flop and be sympathetic later just doesn't really work. No, because what was, that scene is missing is an entire rant about, imp, you know, impotent rage at God and the diseases that he brings. And, you know, I was going to create life. I was going to, you know. I will fight the ultimate. I am a doctor, damn it, and I am going to fight the disease that all doctors fight death itself. Uh, but it ultimately didn't really, it, for whatever reason, this one was hard for me to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I have yeah. my notes. Kind of bored with this one. Uh, yeah, I, I, if I start screaming and I don't even know what my, my shorthand here means, I think generally tells you it's not a great episode. It's, it's not space. <laughs> Whew. I don't know. Like the the one before was good. I still I still stand by that. Yeah, I think your problem is that you just kept watching it. <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's the thing. Is it's like it, it gets a little. It tries, and what I will say about Lazarus is that the things that hit well with Lazarus are really good, and you can see where the show is going to get really good in the next couple of seasons. Ah. Uh. This is not it. This one would have made more sense if they somehow weaponized the research and it didn't just like... I have no idea why the government wants this. Why? I wish that there was more on the salamander hand. Yeah, yeah. Why? Are we been calling this episode Lazarus the whole time? No. No. All right, we call it Young at Heart. No, it's Young at Heart. (laughs) Oh, shit. Todd just realized we were talking about something. That's how bored you are with this episode. 
Well, it, yeah, it, it wasn't great. What do you think? We'll give ratings in a minute here, but uh, let's give you something that you'll really like. Some information. First off, if you are a fan of this podcast, I might also suggest you might listen to The Adventures of Todd and Shannon, where you hear uh, wonderful stories from our travels in the nerd fandom and on-location podcasting from uh, several conventions, sci-fi conventions, both big and small. Small. Too small. Too small. And, Send uh, it back. And also, you should take a look at the writing projects done by my wife. Tell them about it. Well, you can always check the link on our pages to go to my website uh, to check out uh, me. Or I can just do that here and tell you that it is www.schuffwrites.com. I've got my two out. And I'm actually getting ready as of the recording of this. I'm about halfway through the third of that one. Yeah, this is the Department of the Arcane series where the... Um, uh, Which it may or may not be X-Files fanfic. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a government agency that handles supernatural and magical stuff. I, I may never get away from the X-Files. Or, you know what? You can also come and pie them in person. Uh, we'll be at MarsCon in Williamsburg, Virginia, uh, January 12th through the 14th. I'll be doing panels at Mysticon in Roanoke, Virginia, February 23rd through the 25th. Then you and I will be painting the town red in Lexington at the Lexington Toy and Comic Con, which is getting hit big and huge, and it's really cool. March 9th through the 12th, and we'll be finishing that up with awesome con in washington dc march 30th through april 1st awesome it is that's right we have more podcasts available to you on the medicinal mass podcast network which valentine is going to give you drop some knowledge on right now head on over to www.medicinalmass.com we have like a million podcasts you can listen to you can also follow us uh at the fbi basement uh on twitter as well as everyone else's Twitters. Check us out, and we'll have Patreon up soon. Woo! And of course, uh, we have our resident artist who did the art for The Adventures of Todd and Shannon, that neat little pixel art there, who's going to be doing a lot of the art that you'll be seeing on the website soon. And she's an artiste, and she's always, you know, challenging our perceptions with her nigh-mystical bullshit. So tell us about what you do. You know what another neat thing that you do is? What is another neat thing she do? Uh, you sometimes live stream your drawing on Picario.tv. Yeah. Picardo. It's, Re- it's Robert Picardo. <laughs> Picardo.tv. <laughs> Robert Picardo. And uh, also we'd like to send a shout out to Vanya, who will be providing palm readings, tarot readings, and tea leaves. Yes. <laughs> 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 I'm so good at that. All of your prophecies end in doom, though. Uh, How are you doing today? Doom! <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. Jesus. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I thought the Russians were invading again. Okay, so uh, ratings. Let's. Uh, I don't want to go first this time. Shannon, you t- give, give us the rating for this one. <laughs> I, I give this one and a half uh, Stuart Gordon ripoffs. 
Valentine, you're next. I didn't like this one. I'm going to give this one cripple getting dumped out of a wheelchair onto a hard concrete floor. Oh, uh, that's awful. Vanya? Uh, I'm going to give this two out of five dirty whore salamander hand hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually related to the episode. Fantastic. <laughs> no, Vanya always wins. She's good at this. <laughs> uh, Marissa? <laughs> and I'll give this one one uh one black and white eight by ten glossy of Mulder and Scully. <laughs> For the summer catalog, right? Yeah. For the FBI summer. Okay. You know what's really funny is that uh when we started college, the FBI had recruiters there. Um in the hallway in front of the cafeteria. And I picked up one of those things. I picked up one of their, you know, pamphlets because, you know, lol, X-Files fan. And those pictures of Mulder and Scully are not that far off from the stuff in the promotional pamphlet of the FBI. <laughs> Neat. So. At least it was in, like, the early 2000s. It was in the early 2000s. Back, way back in aught three. <laughs> back in aught two. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, what do we got coming up next week, dear? Oh. Well, since the CSM has shown up yelling at people in this episode, guess where we're going back next week, guys? Myth Ark. Ha. Uh, so join us next time when we get back into some good old-fashioned Myth Ark with some 90s paranoia about, I think, Iraq. And we will get to meet our favorite weirdos. Our favorite basement-drilling weirdos. Sweet. So join us next time, and we will be doing EBE. And that's right. This has been the FBI Basement on the Medicinal Mass Network. I have been and always will be Todd. And for Shannon, Vanya, Val, and Marissa, I say good night, and the truth is out there. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. I am joined, as good. always, by my wife and... Uh, and our dog. <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> Damn it, Barry. No, <sighs> oh, you're going to kill the cellist? All right, banging. Later. <laughs>